I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back in, Sporty Nation, for our final episode before our hiatus. We will be back for the qualifying rounds, I guess, as they're considering them, of the 24-team playoffs that the NHL has agreed on as of Tuesday. But before we get into that, let me welcome in my wonderful co-host, as always, Richie. How you doing? Hello, Corey. I'm doing well. I, uh, I'm sad this is our last little episode for a while, but, but, uh, it's time. It's one of those times where it's time for a break. So, uh, we're going to go away for a little bit, but then we'll come back stronger than ever for the, uh, the playoff run. Um, I also, I was able to watch, uh, Rocket Man last night, so I quite enjoyed that. Um, they finally put it up on Hulu, so I was able to watch it. And I, uh, as somebody who like is not the biggest Elton John fan in the world, number one, I was I was like I didn't realize how many good songs he had. Number one, and uh, and and number two, I was like, oh yeah, this is a pretty entertaining movie. Right, I really liked it. I liked it a lot, and it could be too. I really like Taron Egerton, um, but it was a really good movie, and he did a great job. He was phenomenal in that movie. So I'm glad that you finally got to watch that. Yeah, I saw a tweet from Elton John today where he was like, I didn't want them to cast somebody who couldn't sing. It just does um, lip syncing. So they wanted to find somebody who can actually sing. And Taron Edgerton was in this like kids movie several years ago called Sing. And he played like a gorilla. And in the movie, he sings an Elton John song in that movie. And like, that's pretty much like how we got cast. And shame on you. If you haven't watched sing, you're talking about sing as if you haven't watched it. I have never seen it. Oh my gosh. Your roommate has a child and you've never watched sing. It is a very good movie. Even as an adult, I thoroughly love that movie. It is, it is about a mouse who owns a theater (laughs) and it was like his dad's theater and it used to be a very like renowned theater and then it kind of all starts to go under and he's about to lose it and has to do a show to get like the money for um so the theater won't go under and it's like it's very it's a really good movie i mean shit the mouse is matthew mcconaughey they've got some like really good people speaking um, for the characters. So, yeah, you should watch Sing. Now that you've watched that and you've learned that little tidbit of information, watch Sing. Um, it's very good. He plays a gorilla who wants to sing, but his uh, his dad is a mob boss or a gangster or whatever, and, and he's trying to get him to rob banks instead. He's trying to make him be a getaway driver, but he really just wants to sing. Oh, they're coming out with a sequel next year, too. See, it was good enough for a sequel. That's great. I can't believe I've never I've never even heard of it until yesterday. So 
that's kind of wild. But yeah, it's got Matthew McConaughey, Reese Witherspoon, Seth MacFarlane, Scarlett Johansson, John C. Riley, Taryn Edgerton. Mm. Yeah, listen to that list. That is some grade A people voicing that movie. Off to uh, maybe I'll watch it eventually. Good, I have time. Yeah, I have time on my hands. I maybe I'll, I'll I can watch it. I'll put it on the list to watch. <laughs> I wonder if anything had to do with his casting too. The fact that um, Elton John was in the second Golden Circle movie. Um, the not Golden. That's not the Golden Circle. It's it's Kingsman, the Golden Circle. Why did I call it the Golden Circle movie? It's the second Kingsman, and. Uh, the first one is Kingsman, the Secret Service. The second one is Kingsman, Golden Circle. Um, but he was in that movie, and I can tell you for absolute certainty that uh, Elton John was the best part of that movie. Um, that's another. I've never seen either of those movies either. Oh come on, Richard, Richie, Richie, Richie. They those are also very great. Um, they're essentially like a secret service that is what they like to call themselves but they're like they're a secret spy organization that is within um the british government like they are kind of like outside of it so that way they help when you know they don't particularly belong to anything so that way they if they need to interject it even in like government affairs they can because they're like a checks and balance that's outside of they're their own secret organization and then in the second one they come to the u.s and they learn about the u.s version of them i've seen the trailers it looks fun like i'm i like james bond are they like james bond kind of yeah yeah it, it's james bond-esque um they have a lot of like gadgets and secret secret places and buildings and stuff like that but it's um it's a little bit goofier than that it's kind of uh kind of like corny fun um elton john in the second one gets kidnapped and he's a prisoner like throughout the entire thing and oh. he's he's absolutely hilarious like the funniest part of the movie by far Oh, that's funny. Yep, so I'll put that on the list, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Richie. This quarantine needs to go on for a while because you've got your list is growing. Yeah, I can't think of anything else that, like, I haven't seen that I need to see. But Because my main thing that I've been watching during quarantine has been Shameless, which is the Showtime show. Um, it's kind of old. It's been around for over 10 years. And that's what we've been watching lately. We're on season six, so we're like halfway through it. And it's hilarious. So that's how, that's most of my time is watching that. Very nice. I, I have never actually seen it. I, and I actually know nothing about it. Um, and I'm, but I'm sure many of our listeners actually ha do know about it and have watched it um, because it is popular. But I, I've seen nothing of it. I have been, um, as of today... I just started Space Force, and it is hilarious. It is Steve Carell, and I love Steve Carell. Um, the Office is one of the most amazing things, and it is because he is in it. Um, so 
this I had high hopes for this, and the first two episodes that I've seen so far have been hilarious. That's what I'm going to watch tonight. Uh, I pr- I promised you before recording. You told me that it was out. I didn't realize it was out yet, and I promised you that I would watch it tonight. Oh, it's got uh, it's got Ben Schwartz in it too, which is he's funny. I like him. It's got a lot of really even if you go into just like the first 10-15 seconds of it you will notice in the entire room how many like grade a comedians are in it and even some of them aren't in it like long term they're just in it for the beginning but they still make an appearance just because i'm guessing just because it's steve corral and he can get all of those people right yeah i gotta check it out it's uh I've heard good things about it, so I'll add that to my I'll add that to my list. I'll watch it tonight, and uh, I'll review it for you. I'll send you a text at probably like midnight. <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, I'm uh, I watched a couple episodes of Space Force. Here's what I thought." Very, very good. I'm very glad about that, and that you've given um, new music a try. You know, this has been a very productive quarantine for you. You've tried new things, and I appreciate it. Yeah, and. Recent speaking of like new music, I watched the Beastie Boys documentary on Apple Plus recently, and it was great. And I was like, "Holy smokes!" So I, I've been going back and I've been listening to a lot of the Beastie Boys catalog and like their albums, and like I don't know why I have never appreciated them more than I did because like they're terrific. The Beastie Boys are very good. Are you going to fight for your right to party now? Yes. Fun fact about that song, they talked about this on the documentary, that they, like, hate, hated that song. Like, after a few years, they were like, this, that, their entire first album, they pretty much have said, like, this isn't us. This isn't the same band. And so they grew, like, as they got older, because that album came out when they were, like, 20 or 21. And they're like, yeah, as we got older, we, we uh, tried different things, and they grew up as a band, and they it's like, man, they, you go back and listen to some of their like some of their stuff from the mid '90s. You're like, this is cool. They were doing so much different stuff. Well, and that's what everyone, every band, everyone grows as they get older, and that's the thing is, um, I'm sure uh, the Jonas Brothers, now that they are all married, and you know, one of them has multiple kids, they don't like to sing um, Year Three Thousand which sounds something like a 12-year-old would sing. And, you know, I mean, I think Nick Jonas has made the past few years of his career trying to be attractive and sexy, and that does not help one bit because it sounds like he's 12 every time they sing it. But when it's a popular song and people like it, you still got to do it even though it is younger than you are now. I mean, everyone goes through that phase. And they're 21 and they're you're slight alcoholic for a little while and then you're like hmm those probably weren't the best choices but everyone goes through it it doesn't mean it didn't happen but i feel like that's such a consistency with so many bands and when they grow and they become different people so it they shouldn't get that worried about it yeah so i'd recommend go and go back and listen to the beastie boys but yeah that's quarantine very very i've touched every segment 
of everything pretty much during quarantine. I like it. It's very educational. It's mm-hmm. you're very you're very re- well rounded in quarantine. It's been really nice to see. I've been doing these workouts I've been suggesting for you. Like this has been the most well rounded Richie I have ever seen. That's this week's hashtag. We've had hashtag ripped Richard. Then we came up with another hashtag last week. I don't remember what it was. Unless you remember. I do not. I was stuck on the ripped dick after a uh, troll told us that ripped dick was better. And then that's, that will be this week's hashtag. Hashtag well-rounded Richie. And then I guess if you want to go on the troll side of things, you can go well-rounded dick. <laughs> yes. Yes. However you, however you want to do it. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever makes you sleep nice and comfy at night. Right. (laughs) Well, coming back into hockey, the 24-team playoff has been approved by the NHLPA and the NHL and everyone that can be approving it. Um, It will be going forward. They do still have a lot more that they need to be discussing um, which, you know, would include where to play, safety protocols, um, and just, like, their health in general. Um, their where to play is going to depend on COVID-19 conditions, um, testing that's available there, and government regulations. They are testing out some hub cities. There will be two hub cities where these games will be played and the list is relatively long. Chicago, Colorado, Dallas, Edmonton, Las Vegas, uh, Los Angeles, Minnesota, St. Paul, which you have to wonder if the current events going on in Minnesota will affect that. Um, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vancouver. Yeah, I was surprised to see LA on that list because LA has been the most stringent in terms of their lockdown policy. And I, I guess I think Gavin Newsom has been a little bit more lenient when it comes to professional sports as of the last couple of weeks. But that just tells you how things, how quickly things moved that LA was included on that list. Because for a while, it was very, very harsh lockdown. And there were some reports out there several weeks ago that. They thought it was possible that the lockdown would stay in effect through the entire summer, and that seems to be lifting. So that was probably the most interesting city on the list, in my opinion, at least. Yeah, I mean, I think L.A. always gets thrown in there um, as a – just as like a token type of a situation. They always throw L.A. in there because it's L.A. and – you know, it's always a nice temperature there, and a lot of people like it there, and there's, so there's a lot of that type of thing. There's, there's a lot of places where, because according to their whole standards and everything that, you know, you're only allowed, like, I think it was like 50 people, and they have to, they're going to have, like, separate hotels and bus routes and separate places in the arenas and all these, like, crazy ass things in order to make this all work 
And so it could be that, you know, there's more places for people to be, for the teams to be staying at and to be separated and all of that stuff. Um, since LA is such a big area and has so much infrastructure. Um, I mean, I would say the same for Las Vegas. I do feel like, and I'm going to kind of give a little hot take here. I do think it is a little bit bullshit that since the Knights had such a good inaugural season that they seem to be handed shit for no good reason. I feel like a lot of times they get included in everything. Um, Arizona has had to fight tooth and nail just to be somewhat represented in the NHL as a viable place for an NHL team where the minute that Vegas gets a team and they have a good season, it's all of a sudden, oh, let's basically get on our hands and knees and praise Vegas. They get included in everything. And I just feel like that's a little bit bullshit. Yeah, can you imagine? I'm curious. Well, most of these cities host NHL teams anyway, so you're going to have probably two teams that are playing in their home city. But, yeah, can you imagine the Golden Knights? And I think, that, in my opinion, they might be – I really like the Lightning and I really like the Golden Knights. And I think that's that would be my pick for the Stanley Cup this year. Can you imagine – the Knights getting handed that and they get to play in their home city. <laughs> That's a pretty be, big advantage. Yeah, it would be super unfair, especially when you're going into these situations that, you know, it, it's been argued as it is amongst all of the representatives and the players that were negotiating all this stuff out about what was and wasn't fair about this playoff structure and where – you know, and that was not even discussing like where they're going to play. That's a whole nother argument that they're going to have to have and decide upon. But like to have that unfair advantage of constantly getting to play in your home stadium is also, I think, something that needs to be a stadium arena that also needs to be acknowledged. And so I get it from a standpoint of Las Vegas. Believe me, there's a lot of infrastructure and hotels and, um, you know, buses and things that they can use to their advantage there and would make things easier. And, you know, for those for those that are the Coyotes, uh, they don't have to go that far. You know, the Vegas is five and a half hour drive, a 45 minute flight. So um it's very easy for them, but I just still think it's a little bit cheap that Vegas is always thrown in there. And they have been saying Vegas as one of like the top sites for the Stanley Cup throughout this whole process. So I feel like they've been favored a fair amount, and I would be highly surprised if they're not chosen as one of the two. Yeah, and then let's fast forward because – the, it's likely that uh, there's not going to be any games probably until early August. And this is going to be a, a playoff system that's going to take probably two months, if not longer. Because um, what the normal NHL playoffs, they basically last until about mid-April until early June. So you're looking at, you know, yeah, you're looking at basically two months. And can you imagine a scenario where – 
And the reason why I mentioned this is because the Texas governor announced this week that he's open to having sporting events with a capacity of 25% for sporting events. So can you imagine the Golden Knights make a long run to the playoffs and Nevada says, okay, we can open up the rink to a limited capacity and they get to basically play in front of their home fans. That is completely a possibility. And which, from what you've mentioned too, uh, Dallas was on that list. Um, just worth noting there. But yeah, that would be absolutely insane. Come on. I mean, having them have that advantage, everyone's kind of saying that this whole the people who don't like this 24 team playoff is angry because they feel as if though um, certain teams get in unfairly in this type of situation. Well, this would be definitely unfair if they end up making that push and they end up being able to not only be in their arena the whole time, but they have their fans there. And, you know, in a normal situation, you would go back and forth in this situation. You won't be, so you would have that home um, home ice advantage the entire time. And I don't know. It just seems very – it's not meant to be rigged, but it feels very rigged. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I haven't seen very many people bring that up anywhere, but it kind of does. And I'm wondering if the NHL tries to do something about that to where they don't allow – home teams to play in their home city. So essentially they would call Vegas one of the hubs, but they would host the Eastern conference teams there. And then they would have the Western conference teams hosted on one of the Eastern conference cities. To yeah, try I and just, avoid that. I just don't see that happening. Cause I feel like they're doing the East and the West in order to make them closer to where they normally are. And so I, I see them just sending them to whatever, hub city like i almost kind of feel like you should have tried to choose places where it's one of the seven teams that didn't make it then you would avoid the entire thing yeah uh <laughs> and what most of those teams are in california <laughs> that is true. right because the ducks didn't make it the kings didn't make it <laughs> The Sharks didn't make it. <laughs> Am I missing one? Those are the three, right? I'm trying to pull up um, what – I have a list somewhere of the seven teams. You guys, I have so many notes on all of the things that are going on with all of these teams and what they're going to be this is the most convoluted thing i think they could have ever come up with i mean they literally had to talk about this is all the hub cities they had to literally talk about so many specific things including like how many people can be on in the in their different phases? How many people can be on the ice in their first, or I guess technically it's their second phase, 
where they're going to be allowing them into the into the rinks and then they're going to be allowing them to work out there and they can be on the ice but then coaches can't be on the ice with them and no other like personnel can be in there with them and then training camps can't start until July 1st and that's phase three there's so many specificities to this that I am like drowning in details and yeah and we're not even gonna get to the madness that is the draft lottery this year Well, that's the thing is they basically just told those seven teams that didn't make it, uh, just focus on the draft lottery, which is kind of funny that you're just like, ah, oh, well, sorry, focus on the draft lottery. And then the rest of us will just continue on with what we're doing. But I mean, I guess, you know, it gives new life to people like the Coyotes. Um, you know, John Chica had said, I think it's an imperfect situation that requires kind of an imperfect solution i personally believe that it's reflective of the league we play in it's a, a league partially league of priority and i think they i think they're going to all I think they're all going to be competitive series good lord i can't speak today people i'm so sorry it's certainly a positive for the coyotes i'd be lying if i didn't tell you we were biased and a goal of ours was to play in the postseason it's a different format but we're certainly excited about playing so you know like for teams like the coyotes this gives them a whole new life um for teams that were that didn't make it into this they're kind of at the point where they're in their own holding pattern they're not sure where things are going to be going for the draft and everything else so they're just kind of moving on from the whole mess um but i i think it would have to be really rough to be those seven teams that don't get to participate in this because no matter what it's a whether you like it or not it's a historical playoff series yeah this is like i kind of feel bad the fact that there's only seven teams that didn't make it like how bad do you have to be how to, to not make it into an expanded playoff field you know like i'm very happy the la kings fans are like probably like crying into their freaking Stanley Cups because they're they were so bad this year that they didn't even make it into an expanded playoffs where what seventy percent of the teams make it in. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's a, it's technically like I I do like in a lot of um, a lot of mentions in articles and stuff like that from what people have asked you know, um, talk it and everyone at the Coyotes, they are aware of the fact that this isn't technically them making it into the playoffs. They're making it into a qualifying round to get into the playoffs. Um, but they, they find it more of a technicality type of a situation. And so, and that's the thing is as a team, you can play off of that. You can be like, ah, you know, it's, it's a technicality it's based upon how you see it like it's really not that big of a deal to us and to like most people it's a playoff series because you know you're still doing the best of five and everything else it's just if you decide to look at it that way but then you have to think if that's technically how it is what does that mean for taylor hall because in that trade because the whole point was if the 
Coyotes made it to the playoffs. But if they technically don't, if they lose to Nashville, what does it do to that trade to those uh, draft picks? Um, and because in the end, the Devils should be doing relatively well if this means that the Coyotes made it into the playoffs because um, there was a rather larger chance that the Coyotes weren't going to make it into the playoffs. So this breathes them a new life. And two, uh, there was an ESPN article that came out about a week ago that was talking about um, that there is a good possibility that Hall will resign here in Arizona. Um, I think this has also given um, Hall time to think about what he wants to do. And it's also given the Coyotes another chance to show that they can be a playoff team and why he should stay here. So I think that this situation has turned out really well for both those teams. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, going back to the whole idea of is it just making it to the qualifying round, as the NHL is calling it, is – like is that making it to the real playoffs well yeah it is because the regular season's over so if you're not in the regular season and you're not in the off season then what are you in you're in the postseason right and exactly yeah also also what rules are they playing with during this qualifying round they're playing with the playoff overtime rules Yeah, they – well, so in the round robin, though, they're playing with regular season overtimes and shootout rules with tie-breaking um, tie breaking by regular season point percentage. Yeah, exactly. But I'm not well, – I don't care about the round robin because the counties are in it. So, as like, in my opinion, they made the playoffs this year because it's special circumstances – and the way I just, you know how the way I described it, I don't think I described it this way last week because we it wasn't 100 percent uncertain. But the way I described it is, you know how ASU basketball made it into the NCAA tournament a couple of straight years, but they made it in in the play-in games to the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the way I'm looking at it. Is like a wild if you, card game. If, yeah. If you are in one of those games, you made it into the field. You made it into the field of 24, and you're in the playoffs. But if you're outside of that, meaning you're one of the uh, eight teams that have the bye, and you're looking at them, we're like, well, you didn't make it in. Because that's how NCAA fans are, basically, which is – Oh, those teams that are in the playing games, you didn't really make it in. You didn't really make it into the field of 64. When that's bull crap because your name still got read on Selection Sunday for the NCAA tournament. So that's basically what this is. And you brought up the wild card game, too. When the Diamondbacks made it into that wild card game in 2017, you tell the sold out crowd there at Chase Field, you tell them with how loud they got during that game. And, you know, we were both watching on TV. That was one of the loudest crowds you'll ever hear after Archie Bradley hit that triple to basically kind of clinch that game for the Diamondbacks. But that was not a playoff game. Granted, a little bit different situation because 
it was a, it's a one and done. Either you, you won and you made it into the division series and you lost, you were going home. But it's the same way for this five-game series where you either win or you go home. So for the people that say it's not really the playoffs, screw off. It absolutely is the playoffs for the teams that are playing in it. Yeah, I mean, for them, obviously, it's going to look that way. And for Arizona especially, like, Coyotes haven't made the playoffs since 2012. Everyone has been waiting for this for a long time, and everyone is going to be treating this like the playoffs. It doesn't matter whether your team gets in on technicality or not. This is what everyone's been looking for, has been, you know, what this team has been rebuilding for the past so odd years so to see the rebuilding actually equate to something will be great and to actually see a full and healthy team for the first time in a very long time probably about mid-december-ish um it feels very nice to have a healthy coyotes team going out and playing for something that really truly matters and that was one of the things that um they had interviewed i'm pretty sure stepan and stepan had mentioned that that is what i think you play the regular season to have an opportunity to win a stanley cup and we have an opportunity to win the stanley cup i think we have earned the opportunity to me that's a job done during the regular season now we move on yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, quickly, before we, we move on to kind of getting into the, the series itself, um, two things. Number one, a question for you um, related to how they were going to seed the 1 through 16 after the, um, the play-in round, qualifying round. Which is, there's discussions about what they want to do, which is, do they want to play it as a bracket scenario? So, for example, the Coyotes would, if they advance as an 11 seed, essentially they would be playing in the 4-5 matchup in that first round. Um, uh, um, yeah, they would be playing that 4-5 matchup in the first round. Or would you rather they essentially have it be reseeded to where the highest so the one seed would be playing the lowest remaining seed so for example the Blackhawks lose their series because they're the 12th seed um, so the Coyotes would be the lowest remaining seed and so essentially instead of being that four or five matchup they're gonna they would end up playing the number one overall seed do you, have a, do you have a preference on what they should do? Apparently the players want the bracket system, but the NHL wants the, the reseeding situation. Hmm. That's interesting. I mean, I'm very classic in the sense that um, I have always been used to, and my initial reaction is to always say, after that, to have one play the lowest seed. That's my natural reaction to that me too i think because i think i think that's very fair because then you're kind of you're handicapping those teams that had to play themselves in to that the field of 16 again and i i, I think that's a fair thing to do in my opinion in this new format which is that you shouldn't reward 
the Coyotes essentially for being the lowest remaining seed. You should reward the teams at the top and those top four seeds. So that's that's that was my number one question. Uh, my number my number two before we move on is um, it was announced on Friday, and I just saw a tweet here from uh, from Sam Dewar who was with the Coyotes marketing squad that it was announced on Friday that the Coyotes are bringing back the Kachinas full-time S-ish for the playoffs, which is every time they're designated the home team, they're going to wear the Kachina sweaters. And they put out this really cool promo video for it. And I saw that Sam Dewar said it got over 600,000 views in six hours. Because the Kachinas are fire. Everyone. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. 200,000 views in six hours. My apologies. The. No, I, I can't read. 200,000 views in eight hours. <laughs> okay, well, what was the final one? 200,000 views in eight hours. Thank you for that. Um, regardless, it, is, it doesn't even matter. The Kachinas are amazing. Absolutely, positively amazing. They are one of the best throwbacks that I feel like any team has. They are, whether you are from here, whether you are a Coyotes fan or not, people love the Kachinas, and that is a vibe, and I am so glad that they are going with that vibe. I agree. I'm excited. I just hope they bring back the green, the green ones, the green Kachinas, because I love those. A lot of people hate them, but I think they're great. So I would love to see see those uh, come back too. So yeah, we'll be looking out for that in, in the series against Nashville. But before we get to our predictions and kind of talking about the series against Nashville, Corey and I have some – we do have some stats for you to, to get to in, in just a moment related to that. But first, for the last time before we go on hiatus, we need to tell you about Manscaped manscaped.com they actually released a brand new product this week like a nose hair trimmer and ear hair trimmer and you can go and you can get a discount on that if you use our promo code THPN it's a great product the lawnmower 3.0 that is because I have that what do we like to call the the lawnmower 3.0 on the show Corey the man mower man meat mower people Three M's. Man meat mower. Get your man meat mode. It's great. I love it. No nicks, as we always say on this show. Um, you see them everywhere now. You see them absolutely everywhere. You saw them on the UFC. You see them on ESPN. They were on the Cornhole Tournament. They were sponsoring that. They were asking for more partners on the Twitter page. Manscapes.com. Go there right now. Get your discount. All that jazz. We highly, highly recommend in the sporting nation. Yes, we do. That was beautiful, Richie. I agree. Go head over, get your 20% off and your free shipping with THPN. And definitely be nice and trimmed and mowed to be prepared to sweat your balls off when you are watching this best of five against Nashville because it will be a tight one. 
Yes, yes, it will. I, I will tell you, I love this matchup against the Predators. I think this is the best possible matchup that Kyrie's could have asked for. Um, outside of playing another Pacific Division team, which I think they would have – they match up really well against most of the other Pacific Division teams outside of the Golden Knights who whooped our ass multiple times this year. But I really like this matchup because the Predators are very much like the Coyotes in that they started off the season very, very rough. And they finally started to figure things out in the middle part of the season, and they managed to get themselves into a playoff position in the uh, in the much tougher Central Division. And they were very helter-skelter all season, which is kind of what the Coyotes were too, So, which is why I really, really – I love this matchup. I think the Cowboys have a real shot at winning this. I I think that the time off helps the Coyotes because you and I both know, just for whatever reason we talked about in the show, they just it just wasn't working. Things were just going to hell in a handbasket really quickly with this Coyotes team prior to the stoppage, and they just needed a break. Remember, they played the most games in the entire NHL at the time of the stoppage within a game or two. Um, and it just got to them. They just were tired. You could tell they were tired. And they were hurt. Remember, Connor Garland was hurt at the tail end of of the back into the regular season. So maybe this time off gets him back healthy for the playoffs because he would be a big key. Um, yeah, and I, I think this matchup, it's going to be a fun series. It's going to be a close series. I, I'm I'm excited for it. It'll be a good one. I it was funny because I needed to go back. There's two. There's only two games where um, the Coyotes played Nashville, and it they ended completely differently. The first one was October seventeenth. Um, they won five to two, and the other one was only a couple games after um, Kemper had been injured, which was three to two, and in that October seventeenth game, Kemper had twenty three saves and. I, when I saw this, I like, I almost wanted to cry. But in that game, they had three power play goals, which was not um, not what the Coyotes had consistently done throughout the season. So the, just to look back at a game where they had scored three power play goals made me almost like tear up on the inside. Um, but if you notice one thing in particular here, that is the difference between these two games, is the fact of Darcy Kemper who was injured on December 19th versus Minnesota. I cannot tell you in any way, shape, or form how happy I am that Minnesota is nowhere near this situation because I don't know what they have deep down dark somewhere that in Darcy Kemper's soul, but he cannot focus properly when he plays Minnesota and that is when he determines to play terribly and hurt himself we will forget that game ever happened but I think that this coming back then no matter what team you are how you played before they will be tired because even with this slow start back into it and where they're going to be able to do all this and they're going to go into training camp around the uh, like early July-ish it's still going to be rough for them because of the fact that they've had so much time off it's not an you're going from zero 
to 60 really quickly. You're going straight into a playoff type situation. And this is not going to be something that they are used to, not something that they're ready for. And so goaltending is going to be bigger than ever before. And I am very happy with a Kemper Rene matchup because I feel like Kemper will always win that when Kemper is healthy and is mentally right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was thinking about this all week too, which is the best example for what's going to happen here is the very start to the regular season. And what happens at the start of the regular season, you get a lot of penalties, you get a lot of goals scored because it's sloppy hockey because, you know, you skate in the preseason. Yes. But, playing at the regular season NHL level is just different. I have a feeling that's the kind of hockey we're going to see. It's not. It's going to be very different playoff-style hockey than we're used to seeing in the NHL. And it's going to take, you know, probably a full round, you know, five that entire five-game series to really get their feet underneath them and start playing up to the caliber of playoff hockey we normally see. And the reason why I mention that is because at the start of the regular season, you know who did really well? The Coyotes, they had one of their best opening months in the history of the franchise back in October. So uh, that's the column of things I think the Coyotes beat the Predators in. Because remember, the Predators, they got up to – they were not – they did not get up to a good start this year. And, you know, talking about the goaltenders, I, I agree. And we put this out on Twitter, and we that's about who are the most important players for the Coyotes, and that's what we got was Camper and Ronta. And I, I – 100% agree, as it is every postseason, as it was for the Coyotes back in 2012 with Mike Smith in goal. Mike Smith basically carried the Coyotes to the Western Conference Final. Darcy Kemper is third in save percentage and third in goals against average in the entire NHL. Auntie Ronta is seventh in save percentage and 16th in goals against average. Um, as far as the National Predators are concerned, they kind of rolled the tandem as well. Yes, they have Pecorine, who's getting up there in age. He did not have a good season this year. 895 save percentage, which was 45th in the NHL. UC Soros, middle of the pack, in 40 games this year, he was 19th in save percentage and 20th in uh, goals against average. Yeah, I mean, the stats are in favor, and it's it's nice to see. I, I mean, I was also um... – Kind of, I was looking at a, a few different things over here, and um, and I couldn't help but think about the fact that the last time that uh, the Coyotes were in the playoffs, who did they beat? They beat the Predators. Yes, they did in five games to advance to the, their first. Western Conference Final in franchise history. So five games, last time they played, and now they are playing in a playoff style. Five games. I feel like there is some weird voodoo going on here. And, you know, against Nashville, I may be really trying over here to find a creepy connection. But it feels very creepy. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, – but here's the thing. The 
Predators will not have the lure of Old Town Scottsdale to distract them. No, like, but the thing is, if it's in Vegas, I think the casinos are open. Yeah, they're, I, think, I think they're starting to open, yeah. So, you know, it's okay. They can go do that. Be, be awake at all hours in the morning. That's fine with me. Shoo shoo. <laughs> yeah, it's the Vegas flu. The Vegas flu. The Vegas flu. Oh yes, the Vegas flu. That I I actually um I I don't know why, but it just makes me automatically think of when uh, the whole uh, the flu game, but really it was a poisoned pizza for uh, MJ. So please don't poison anyone's pizza. First of all, that's just rude to ever do any such thing. And I would never wish any type of illness on people. But when it does come to their stupidity of them not doing what they're supposed to be doing, you kind of get what you deserve. So go ahead. Destroy your own qualifying round. That's fine with me. Uh, Yep. 100% 100 fine with me, too. So, yeah, I, I... I... Granted, we're quite a while away, and this may change, but I'd pick the Coyotes to win this series in five games. And the reason why I say that, backed up by the statistics, what wins – I mentioned this already, but I'll mention it again. Defense and goaltending win in the postseason in the NHL. It's very cliche, but every year it happens. Jordan Bennington and the St. Louis Blues, what do they do? Jordan Bennington, good goaltender. They play lockdown defense, and they won the Stanley Cup last year. And this is what the Coyotes do well. They play good goaltending, and they have a top three defense in the NHL. They were third in goals against per game and third in total goals against during the regular season. Whereas the Predators, they were mid-pack in – both their offensive categories and their defensive categories. And they had a minus goal differential. They had a minus two goal differential all season long. Usually if you have a negative goal differential, you usually don't make the playoffs to begin with. The Coyotes on their other hand, they were plus eight in their goal differential for the regular season. So I, uh, I think this is the best matchup the Coyotes could have gotten. So I'm picking them in five games. I like that. I would probably say the same in five games. Um, And I think it's going to come down to the fact that, um, you know, in, in in, in Richie's notes that he had provided for me before this, which was beautiful because he is our stats man. He put in all the the top scores of um, both teams and it's all relatively similar except for, Roman Yossi, who's who has 65 points, you have to think about the fact that Taylor Hall had 27 in 35 games. Now that he has had so much time to he, you know, he's gotten used to the team. He has gotten used to Arizona. He has been really able to use this time to like allow himself to mentally get into a good place after, you know, moving 
midseason and having to deal with all of that change and all of the different disciplines that he needed to. And now that he is going to be going into a playoff situation that he was not at all thinking he was going to be going into when he was with the Devils, you have to wonder if he's going to go off. That is my one little intuition. I could be completely wrong, but I do have this feeling that he could possibly just go off in this um, qualifying round. Um, And that I really think in the end, between that and Darcy Kemper, there is a good chance that these Coyotes can get through this and I don't take I don't think that they will take this chance for granted and as we've said throughout all of the season if this team buys in they do so well yep and I I I think they will because if nothing if they had trouble getting motivated at the tail end of the regular season when they weren't playing well Playing in a five in a best of five series to continue into the playoffs, that will light a fire under your ass for sure. Absolutely. That is the motivation that they've been needing to find throughout the end of the season. And I felt like so much of it, you know, they were so close so many times and then it was where they would get dragged so far back that they felt so defeated that it wasn't really easy for them to come back. This kind of wiped that clean and gave them a clean slate and said, here you go. Here's your opportunity. Don't fuck it up. And I think they are aware of that and they aren't going to fuck it up. Well, here's hoping we still have two more months, basically. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. It's so much can change in the span of two months and there's so many things that can that have to be approved still um from locations and health and all of that stuff so um we don't know this is all speculation of what may happen but um either way we're excited and uh we're excited to be back with you guys when it all happens for sure, yeah. Thank you for listening all season long. This is our 61st episode that we've done of this show since October, right? November. We, when did we start? Somewhere we, in there. I, I think it was October. Yeah, I will go with October. So we've done 61 of these shows since October. That's a lot. Um, thank all of you who tuned into the show at points during the regular season. Um, our numbers have dipped off since the hockey stopped, but that's totally okay. So we really appreciate you, those of you who have stuck with us during the quarantine. We hope you, we've provided you some sort of entertainment during that time uh, with Corey and I's ridiculous personalities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back refreshed with uh, almost like a new regular season, hopefully uh, in uh, in July and August. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, we're, we're due for a little break, I think. 
Thank you to everyone who has stuck by us through the season and through our transition into the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, thank you to all of those that followed us over um, because, you know, you guys are the OGs. You've been around since our YouTube and um, singular podcast days to coming here. So we appreciate you guys. We appreciate all of our new listeners that we've gained since we've been on HPN. And um, thank you to all of our amazing um, co-workers on THPN with us because it has been such an amazing experience and it was such an, a great uh, inaugural season for us on uh, on the network. So thank you to all you guys for all that you've done. And this season isn't over. We're just taking our little break so that way we can have some sort of an off season. And uh, before we go, uh, one more thing we need to mention, which is there's a brand new giveaway on the Hockey Podcast Network Twitter page and on our Twitter page too, at Corey underscore Ritchie Show. Uh, we are giving away a Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. The details are up on the Twitter page. And uh, so go look for that and you could win yourself the Perfect Package, which you get the Lawnmower 3.0. You get the uh, ball preserver, the ball reviver. You get a really nifty little bag and some undies, too, uh, in that package. So go look for that. Uh, any last words before we say bye-bye? Thank you, and see you all in a couple months. Uh, before, uh, quickly, Sporting Nation, um, stay safe out there, for goodness sake. Uh, it's been a rough by the time you listen to this on Monday, it's been a rough weekend for a lot of people. It's a lot of scary situations throughout the country, a lot of unrest um, after the awful, awful killing of, of George Floyd. Um, Corey, I don't want to speak for you, but um, I know our, our condolences to the family of George Floyd. That was a disgusting, disgusting thing to watch a, a black man get murdered by a cop uh, on video. Luckily that cop was arrested and charged with second degree murder. So just be safe, Sporting Nation, um, and uh, be vigilant. It's a tough time for a lot of people, um, but we'll, we'll get through it together because uh, being the humanist in me always says this, which is all of us, no matter what our skin color is or what our religions are, we are a lot closer than you think um so until next time sport nation we love you all good night and good hockey everybody be kind and love each other